Who's listening what? to some? <laughs> yeah, you got some music playing around there somewhere. Uh, what's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another round of TXR, episode number 121 to be exact. Your favorite place on Sunday nights for insightful gaming banter. I'm your host, Invader, and we've got a really, really good show on the docket for you. It is never a dull moment in the gaming industry, as there's always something going on and something to talk about. However, before we get into tonight's topics, let me introduce the show panel. Shock Buddy, glad to have you back. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Scored a Dreamcast for 20 bucks and two controllers Ooh, off the nice. Let Go app. <laughs> so pretty pretty good steal. It was a sketchy pickup, though, I will say that. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. There's some, especially on the Offer Up app, there's some sketchy pickups on there. Or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw you. You were like cleaning them up, right, Shock? Oh yeah, because they smell like smoke. So I put some dryer sheets in them. Oh Apparently, my <laughs> Have you, you ever seen the assist- breakdowns? Have you ever seen the breakdowns on consoles when they actually like refurbish them and mm-hmm. they get a hold of a console that somebody was a smoker and just how much nastiness is inside? It was really from the clean smoke? inside, though. It was. I washed all the parts. Or you hear these Between. horror stories with the roach-infested... Oh, uh, yeah. That guy from uh, Green, uh, Giant Bomb. Oh, gross. He posted that as N64 he just bought, and it was full of roaches. Nasty. Oh, that's some... Uh, yeah, I've seen that's pretty uh, nasty stuff there. Uh, let's see. Oh, hey, welcome back, Tim Dog. We are, you know, we're certainly glad to have you back with your enthusiasm. How have you been, man? Good, good. Happy to be here. Uh, nice week to talk some Xbox and some uh, industry. Uh, last week, uh, I had my daughter, so I couldn't make it over. But uh, happy to be here and ready to rock and roll. Definitely, definitely. Jeremy, bud, how's things going at your end? Good, man. I'm, I'm reading this news on the uh, CD Projekt Red right now. Insane. Now it's up to eight billion. They're up to eight billion dollars. Cool, crazy. Eight billion. Oh, Crazy. Man. It, Ubisoft is worth almost 10, 9.6 billion, but uh, CD Projekt Red is closely following behind them. Crazy. Wow. And considering the amount of games that uh, Ubisoft put out on a you yeah. know, yearly basis, and uh, yeah. oh, wow, that's monumental for them, um, CD Projekt Red. But uh let's see let's get into centurion buddy welcome <laughs> back uh, awesome show last night on the shop podcast you had uh, a lot of cool guests on how are you been oh it was great thank you for uh checking it out and yeah one of those guests was actually tim dog so it was great to actually be able to do two podcasts in a row with them <laughs> in two nights everybody needs yeah. to go check that out wait he actually showed up for to yours oh wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah um definitely thanks for having me here invader and uh looking forward to chatting about today's topics and also sorry for kind of chiming in at the beginning of the show i was just getting really into the relaxing music to whoever had that was playing i, was, I think it was probably shocky <laughs> no nah, shockley has a bunch of shit running in the background all the time whether it's his <laughs> A pet gerbil or his mom or, or girlfriend or something or somebody i don't know <laughs> are you gonna take shock. that shock come on shock i'm just kidding bud 
Dude, I listened to the interview with uh, what Thomas <laughs> Thomas Muller over at Moon Studios when oh, Shock yeah. dropped whatever off of his desk, <laughs> and he he was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> See, Shock even scared Thomas. My bad. His is a uh, never mind. I can't speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh... Now, uh, just a heads up, guys, uh, Megatron and Southbound are running a little bit late, so may, may not see them here, but they'll... Yeah, yeah, South, Southbound's running about a month late. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a name for that. Yeah. yeah. South's uh, at, at E3 right now, just waiting to do... It's the fact he lives in the neighborhood. So what'd you do if you got a, like, a photo on Twitter of him chilling outside the event center? Oh, that'd be classic. <laughs> I would love it. I wouldn't be surprised, though. He'd just be chilling. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> savage, my friend. Savage. But, uh, all right, guys. We will start off with our first topic. And it's uh, rather new in the news cycle, and it seems like Xbox has something special planned for E3 this June. And our very own Tim Dog took to Twitter yeah. asking Xbox head Phil Spencer uh, how planning is going for E3, how Ori's doing, and just all things Xbox. And here's what Phil responded with. Ori is something special. Reading internal notes from Xbox, uh, from people playing through another amazing game by Moon, next E3, meeting is today tons to talk about between now and e3 and deep portfolio of xbox game studio games for e3 aaron greenberg doing great work console launch years are just special so guys obviously some hints here from phil he sounds very confident with ori coming out soon but with this whole deep <clears throat> portfolio comments Panel, do you see Xbox unveiling a boatload of new games come E3? Because the only confirmed games next gen are Halo Infinite, Halo Infinite, and Hellblade. Yeah, what a great, uh, what a great question by Tim. And once in a while, you know, Tim will take to Twitter and he'll ask a question. He doesn't always get a response, but he'll ask a question. It was a great question, and I think Phil. Um, he gave some good information. Obviously, one mm -hmm. saying that Ori and the Blind, Ori and the Will of the Wisp was special, meaning it's going to be a great game. I think uh, when all is said and done, um, Ori and the Will of the Wisp is going to be ranked as you know one of the greatest games of all time, easily. Uh, it's probably going to receive a Metacritic of like ninety. I I said ninety four, but it might even be higher than that. I don't know what you think, Tim. But when he talks about. Uh, xbox ga uh, game studios deep portfolio uh, you already know he's coming with games from every genre uh including like horror games with project mara uh maybe how Bla it's considered a horror game i would consider it a horror game right yeah well so, i don't know yeah it's RP scary yeah. but yeah Art it's uh, it's it's unique uh, uniquely scary you know i think we're gonna see we're gonna finally see rpgs like hey uh fable 4 uh, I think this is a year, um, you know, Xbox is going to really have its finest hour in terms of showcasing its amazing transformation under Phil Spencer. That's just my opinion, but um, I think they're going to come equipped uh, to this year's E3 
And I, I think it was a, just a great all-around question by Tim to get a response. And he, he, I think he really gave up a lot of information in that one tweet just by uh, Tim tweeting him. <laughs> they want me to yell, but I, I'll get in trouble. It's <laughs> maybe, maybe later. But um, uh, as follow to to follow up on what you're saying, um, yeah, uh, as first to acknowledge Ori, Ori, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be above 90 or 90. Uh, it's going to be a huge, huge game. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be universally praised and loved, and I think it's going to do very well. Uh, as far yeah. as Phil and answering the question, it makes sense for, you know, Xbox to go all out to C3. Now, listen, I've, I take I took L's last year. Uh, with the E3, I think that they, uh, I think Jeremy never let me live it down. But, um, you know, listen, uh, this year just makes sense for them to go for broke because no. uh, there might not be another E3. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, E3 is taking a big hit. And um, I think that, that if, if we're all being honest, um, this could be the last E3 where really anybody shows up. Uh, you know, it depends on numbers and everything. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go for broke. And, uh, and honestly, why not? You know, they are in a position where, um, they're, they're riding some momentum and, um, they can really, you know, get that, that games narrative. And, uh, you know, if you show, let's be honest, they could show a lot of games, even if they're in very, even if they're just started in development. They can show Fable Four. They can show an initiative yeah. game. They can show um, uh, what what uh, Forge is working on. They can show uh, yeah. you know uh, what um, Obsidian uh, is working on, which is another yeah. big AAA supposedly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so yeah, I think they're going to go for broke, and uh, I expect a big E three. And um, uh, if we don't get it, you know, that's that's going to be a big disappointment. But I think Jeremy. Uh, even though he jokes around and everything, I do think that he sees this opportunity and, um, you know, usually pessimistic about it. But it's good to see that he's optimistic about it because it just makes sense for them to go for broke, right? Like, yeah, there might never be an E3 again. This is this is this is their spot to be on their own, uh, you know, platform again, everyone watching. And uh, they can really uh, kill a game's narrative that was was hurting them last gen, especially towards the end. They could really start off with with a ton of momentum with announcing four to five games. Well, even with E three gone, Tim, it's not the be all end all. You know, they ha they do a great job with um, uh, XO nine. They did a great job with XO nineteen, and I expect no less with right. XO XO two zero twenty or twenty. Uh, so yeah. They'll probably oh, still run uh, news during like E3 time, kind of like how Nintendo's kept on doing directs around yeah. the same time Xbox and PlayStation did E3. So. Yeah, you know, and we get so much news throughout the year. I mean, you, every week there's something to talk about, mm -hmm. you know, so and we talk about it and it goes crazy on Twitter. And that's the state of the industry now. You know, with with uh, with Twitter, with uh, social media, there's a different way to get the message across, as opposed to back in our day, Tim, uh, when we used to read it on the bat, <laughs> a magazine, the magazine, right? yeah, and boot up our for a page to upload. 
<laughs> no, but um, but yeah, that's do how we remember, used to get news. Do you remember back, back, in, do you remember day, back in the day when we used to get uh, Xbox Live? Remember the the discs? Do you remember when they used to have the oh, discs yeah. for Xbox? Yeah. And you oh, would yeah. play them and they would oh, show yeah. the upcoming games. Those were yep. interesting times. Sometimes that you look back, you wish it was like that. But now it's totally different. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to be interesting. Now, do you guys think that we'll see possibly maybe another event pre-3? Because if they have such a, a deep portfolio of games, maybe they would want to spread them around a bit. Well, it's not going to be uh, pre-E3. So it'll be after E3. They'll show, uh, you know, they, what they usually do. They show, they wait until E3, uh, and then they'll have their XO19 and GamesCon. Yeah. Well, I think what he's referring to is the reveal, the hardware reveal, which is oh, okay. rumored rumored in April. Mm-hmm. So, like, as opposed mm. to like when they did it, or uh, you know, at the start of the generation. Remember, they had that the games reveal, the that horrible reveal. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. You know, they had that. Just, I think they could do that again with the hardware, just to get it out of the way and just yeah. review all games. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind that personally. The, yeah, they get the hardware out of the way, and if it's just games, 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 that would be perfect for me. And whatever other service yeah. or features they want to announce, that will you know surprise yeah. people. Now, if I can add on to all this with the whole E three thing, um, like please, please, yeah. Well, with you guys saying that, you know, Xbox is definitely going to. Uh, bring it this e3 i cannot see why they shouldn't because um me and tim dog were talking about this last night on the shop podcast um in my opinion at the beginning of this gen uh microsoft kind of had a a hard deal with reveal of the xbox one and it kind of left it in a position where they were not able to compete fully with playstation um now they're in a position where they're ready to compete on a very large level. And I really see this E3 being the start of a, a new, a new face of Xbox that we haven't seen in a few years because they're ready to compete. They're ready to be uh, a player again in the gaming community. And they're ready to bring back some of the fans that they lost this gen to come back to the Xbox ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely, yeah. They will gain yes. some support, uh, but it's going to be, like, if they're going to gain any momentum, it's going to have to be from the start. They have to be very specific, precise messaging right off the bat, because obviously they don't want the same thing to happen, what happened uh, this gen in 2013. Right. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, I would assume, a slow growth, because, I mean, obviously the PS... Uh, the PlayStation has a lot of goodwill across the world. Whereas well, my- see, I'm just trying rather than looking at it, like Microsoft needs to get people to give up their playstations. They just need to get it to where now they can at least try to get some of these consumers to be multi-console owners <clears throat> mm-hmm. rather than looking at it from the perspective of, we got to get them to switch brands what it's just the idea of like well let's get it to where they want both brands i disagree with you on that because uh, you know i own every system i you know i own and even if, even a pc so i'm more invested in the xbox and if you can get people invested in the xbox whether it's through game pass or or other means you know that's how you that's how you turn the tables 
Well, they're going to have to get him to start somewhere, obviously. Right. Now, look at it from the perspective of a PlayStation owner that has a game library the size of one of ours, a digital, like a digital game library. They're not just going to, you know, give up all of that to switch brands. You're just going to have to get it to where those who have these massive yeah. digital libraries will want to engage in the Xbox ecosystem and See, um, actually pick up the hardware or get on the X cloud, actually just kind of try to get them to come back and kind of be in both ecosystems. So that's where exclusives. Yeah. That's where exclusives in, in great games come into play. You know, if you have both of those um, again, you can, you can have people uh, migrate, to your your system to your platform um and you know that's that's how you get customers essentially you know just offering right. great products and 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 doing what it takes to uh to get them yeah i think game pass can be pretty big especially when halo drops if it's we haven't still don't know yeah. anything about it like gears five how it like we didn't know anything about it until like two weeks <clears throat> uh, but if it's some amazing grand you know spectacle spectacle of a game and that's on game pass day one then that could be pretty big and i remember i remember speaking to phil uh uh and tim was there tim was there ran was there and we we're playing uh gears of war 4 and we're talking this was before game pass and he mm-hmm. spoke about um you know the possibility of like episodic content being exclusively delivered on game pass uh, you know, let, let's say for example, Destiny Three comes out, and a new ca- a new uh, DLC comes out for Destiny. I'm just giving you an example, um, and it's exclusive on that on Game Pass. You know, meaning it could come out once a month, exclusive content. Those right. are the kinds of things that you can do with 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 Game Pass. So I think there's a unique opportunity there, but. Um, but yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, I remember. I remember that conversation. I remember that was actually that was like the flavor of the month at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, games like uh, like people were saying that games like um, Telltale games, if you remember, like certain type of games, episodic uh, content could be you know yeah. really good for a service like Game Pass because it's yeah. kind of it's it's kind of similar to Netflix of. Well, they call it the Netflix of gaming, but uh, overall, um, I, I, I just find that uh, Xbox, uh, what you guys are saying is correct. Um, you know, they just need to get a positive uh, outlook on themselves mm-hmm. um, through the brand awareness and have people talk about it positively because what they do offer, it's going to come to a point where. <laughs> Uh, it's it's going to be very recognizable. Like you know, you're going to say, "Wow, you get this and you get that, and this is a pretty good deal." Um, yeah. uh, you know, I think that uh, they have built up some momentum. Um, Sony being as quiet as they've been uh, kind of has uh, you know uh, given them a little bit of an opportunity. Um, you know, and and I just uh, I, I uh, the upcoming months are very critical for Xbox. Sony's going to always be popular. Sony's always probably always going to outsell, you know, Microsoft or Xbox because it's in more places globally. It has a better Mm. global awareness. But, um, you know, it's, 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 we could say that, but it's not, it's possible that both can be very, uh, very, um, you know, profitable, very, you know. uh, And Tim, you were here. 
Yeah, you weren't here for the the last show, but I spoke a little bit about this. Even if it's a ten million or twenty million gap in terms of system sales, I think it's mm-hmm. a win for Xbox. Right. You know, if I, they come and, close, if they came close to Sony, and they weren't getting trounced like they yeah. did this gen, right. oh, that's a big win. Yeah. So <clears throat> they they have they have they have a. I think that they've set themselves up well, and uh, obviously this is. Um, the their opportunity i think sony's in a wait state status and i think that um that the you know uh invader brought up the the show the hardware reveal i think that there is a show for april but i don't know exactly if they should show it because if they show all their cards sony possibly can get you know uh, you know, find their way. They want to. They want to hear what Microsoft is priced at. They want to hear the specs. So uh, it's a little bit of a cat and mouse game going on right now, and it's very interesting. Yeah, you know what's funny is you know, yeah, they can re- they can release or they can show a reveal of the system without releasing any of the specs. You That's know, what could, I would do, and no yeah. price. You don't have to do that, right? And they could do you that, know? and then just focus on uh, the details at E three. And the games, primarily the games, because I think that's what they want to do. If if I'm, I'm sure they're going to be smart about it, but uh, they can do a reveal of the system, right? And then they can at E3 they could do the details and just straight games, nothing but the portfolio that they, they talked about. So I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think somebody's vibrators going off. <laughs> I was thought I was thought that was me first. I was like, dude, is that in my headphones? What is that? <laughs> oh, too funny. Uh Jeremy G, put put that away. It's not it's not for showtime. Um, but yeah, guys, you know, it's funny because Xbox, they have 15 studios now at least. And you know, some have been pretty silent since they got them, like Compulsion, we haven't heard from yet. Obviously, they're just coming off of We Happy Few. They definitely have something cooking up because they've been growing. Uh, yeah. Double Fine was obviously acquired. They're finishing up Psychonauts 2. But, you know, there's rumors of them working on something with multiplayer, uh, you know, just be- because of job descriptions being posted. And also, of course, the initiative. We always keep talking about the initiative because we're curious and they're definitely going to have something to show at e3 and even turn 10 right turn 10 has been very silent and uh, we should expect a new forza game from them going into e3 so there's a lot to be excited for going forward and if they have as many games as we think they do it is going to be a darn good e3 yeah i think so mm-hmm absolutely uh let's see we got a question in the chat <clears throat> here from valorian uh Let's see here. Does the panel think the Samsung partnership gonna help Xbox globally, even on the regional issues? Hmm. Uh, I think that the Samsung, uh, the Samsung is, is a nice thing. Uh, obviously, it's tied into five G. Um, it's more or less gun uh, geared to X Cloud. And uh, if you have a five G signal and you're in a five G range and you're playing X Cloud. Uh, most likely you're going to have a really good experience. So um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a nice partnership. Um, and it's to be quite frankly, it's one of many, you know, they have a partnership with uh, North uh, South Korea um, and they have uh, their telecom. Uh, they have uh, been doing very well with uh, iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they just started off with, so it's just one of many. 
Um, so my answer to that, though, I do think it's it's a good partnership because uh, they're they're getting the, the for the X Cloud, they're getting the 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 devices that they need uh, mm-hmm. to really to really. St- if 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 streaming can get off of its feet and be uh you know get big you know you yeah. obviously samsung you need ios um and like you look at like stadia and they only have uh you know the google pixel and yeah. they don't have any of this so i think it's uh, i think microsoft's very smart in what they're doing as as far as x clouds their whole whole planning and right. the way they're going about it is uh, they're doing it very well. So, again, Valorian, we touched on this uh, during the last podcast, and uh, I forgot the exact numbers at the top of my head, but uh, Samsung is owns a significant uh, market share in the world in terms of cell phones. I think it's anywhere from 16 to 19% um, a market share, which is huge. Uh on top of that, you f- you factor in you know the TVs, and we're talking some some major business here, and because of the partnership, uh, again, like I said last podcast, they can do something to where it's already integrated into the infrastructure of uh, of Android or their TVs. Even you know you, you buy a TV and it's already integrated inside the TV. It's right there, yeah, yeah, it's right there, ready mm-hmm. to go. And you just boot up and all you see is Xbox, you know, and when you buy a TV, maybe one day we'll wake up and gaming is synonymous with with or Xbox or Xbox is synonymous with gaming. And, you know, when you think of when you think of burgers, you know, what's the first business that comes to mind? McDonald's, McDonald's, right? Mm -hmm. And when you think of when you think of coffee, you think of Starbucks. So I think. Doing that, I think they did a, a you know they did a really good job in terms of the awareness of it because Samsung is in a, a lot of households across across the world. So doing so, I think it's it's going to position themselves uh, into a unique position in terms of um, you know just in terms of market share. Yeah, and and you look and you you look at that what they're doing. And they're 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 getting these. They're attacking these devices or going at these devices right from the get go. And they have they're gonna have they're they're planning to have uh, like their own Windows and you know Surface uh, you know uh, support as well. But those are on the back burner because they realize how much Samsung and you know iOS Apple uh, really dominate the market so I, I I really find them to be going uh, about mm-hmm. this the right way they're getting the big players and they're and they're locking them down right from the get-go and again it was smart going to Samsung just from the operating standpoint because Apple again very restrictive on mm-hmm. what one you can produce inside their apps and, and it just it takes forever for um, for just a validation or something and for them to approve stuff. Uh, it's just a good move where where uh, and Samsung or the Android platform, it provides a lot more flexibility in terms of what they could do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now going on to another Xbox topic, fellas, and Xbox recently had a significant update to the Xbox Game Pass quests. They've added somewhere around ninety quests, greatly increasing <clears throat> the amount of reward points gamers can potentially earn. There are something like 
for daily quests, there's like 15 points playing any Xbox Game Pass game. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. are monthly quests offering 50 <clears throat> points for earning achievements. And we also have monthly quests for, let's say, 100 points for doing specific tasks in certain games. So basically, they've added multiple ways for consumers to earn free points for Microsoft Rewards. Now, what are Microsoft Points? Well, it's a type of rewards program that allows you to build up points by performing certain tasks, such as taking quizzes, browsing Microsoft Edge, and a whole bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And you can use those reward points towards gift cards, subscriptions, sweepstakes, entries, and more, like all kinds of different stuff. Now, guys, how do you feel on the panel? Like, how do you... How does the panel find that Game Pass quests? How do you find the upgrades? And do any of you actually use the Microsoft uh, Rewards programs? If I can well, hop in on this first. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, one thing to also point out, Invader, is you also get points for buying anything digitally. But you need to first set up your Xbox Live account or your, ac your actual Microsoft account with the Microsoft Rewards program to do mm -hmm. that. And every time you make a purchase, play a game, do a search on Bing, a number of things, you get points up and down. And like you said, you use them for rewards. And I actually think this is an awesome system. Um, I've yes, actually been using the Game Pass Rewards uh, system now for a while because, uh, interestingly enough, um, ESO, um, a game that I play religiously for whatever reason, is in Game Pass, and every time I boot that game up, I get 15 points once a day from it, and I've gotten achievement. I've stacked a couple hundred points already this week alone, and I, nothing like getting rewarded for playing video games, if you know what I mean. Everybody's right? always made that joke. I, I want to get paid to play video games. Well, Microsoft Rewards is the closest thing you're going to have outside getting a job as a game tester. Yes, true. 100%. 100%. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a really cool program. I'll admit, uh, I use it quite often. Like, I'll. I'll use the you know the Bing searches. Yeah. I'll anything. I'll take the quizzes, and hey, you know what? I, I've saved up my points pretty well. Actually, there was a sale on, and I used up a whole bunch of my points towards yeah. like Ace Combat Seven DLC and a, and a few other things. But coming out with this so, program, it is amazing the type of points that they're laying out. Yeah, it's the, it's a great idea, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, Xbox already has. Uh, one of the best reward programs in in retail in any in any business. I mean, you go to, I mean, you see uh, reward cards for everything, whether it's Home Depot, whether you know. I'm just I'm not going to go down the list, but it's one of the best. And I I could essentially buy games, receive a very generous uh, reward you know reward point program, a bonus point kickbacks too. So, for example, I think I purchased, um, I forgot what it was, but Bayonetta and Vanquished. Can uh, I add on one thing for you, Invader? It just came to mind. Mm -hmm. uh, during the holidays, um, <clears throat> right before Christmas, they had an event where it was like the 12 days of Christmas where they oh, yeah. did Microsoft yeah. points. If you bought a Microsoft Elite controller, uh, the version 2, for $180, they gave you $180 worth of points. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, basically, it made it to where the controller was basically free 
and you got this huge chunk of points just just distributed into your account for you to just basically buy games with and do whatever you want. But on that's that's if that's if you bought it on a specific date. Well, yeah, but they even do yeah. events like that. That's another right. thing, you know. Like the, I right. thought that's cool. They even have events. But again, I purchased Bayonetta and Vanquish the bundle, Darksiders Genesis, which is a great game, by the way. Uh, Zombie Army 4 with some movies, and I almost received like a $40 kickback. And this doesn't even include the credit uh, I received to purchase those games, the reward credits. So, and it's instant too, meaning you can go, you can, as soon as you buy it, those points are already available for you to use on the reward program. And you can instantly save money. Like, let's say you want to buy another game uh, the next day, you know, and you and you you have a fifteen dollar, uh, you know, kickback. It's instant. So, um, you know, I, I think it's it's a great deal. I mean, in gaming all around, especially when you're when you're able to play the games. So now you take in consideration that you can earn money, obviously. Um, Yes, it's real digital money, obviously, but uh, just for playing games and, you know, it's it's a trickle down effect and it creates some of the sales culture, you know, where people want to play games and want to be in Game Pass to to where, uh, you know, maybe they're buying more games, doing so in the process and, and purchasing uh, microtransactions. And it's just a, it generates a lot of business uh, for Xbox, and like I said, it just creates a healthy sales culture for its part for for its partners also. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I, I, to piggyback off of everyone, <clears throat> it's awesome. It's tremendous. I've gotten many games. They also notify you when you uh, boot up a game. Like last night, I boot up. Um, uh, you know, uh, State of Decay uh, 2, and it, you know, immediately notified me that it was uh, active and there's quests available that you can earn money uh, or earn these credits. And uh, believe me, it all adds up. And if you're, if you're aware of it, you can actually uh, do yourself, uh, uh, you know, pretty good. I mean, I've bought games, um, by doing this, uh, Microsoft, uh, I would say the only thing that they don't do right about this is they don't really, because it's so elaborate, I guess, they don't really communicate it well, and a lot of people don't know about it. Um, but for those that do know about it and utilize it, um, it's a great thing. And sometimes there's parts of the month, too, like everyone's been talking about, that sometimes they'll do... Uh, thirty percent better. You know, uh, you know, uh, you can get thirty uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, for the points to buy cards. Like I buy the cards, so yeah, I buy digital credit. So sometimes, now say if I have fifty thousand points, now I could buy uh, fifty thousand points. But because they're running, a, 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 there's a deal going, or there's there's advanced points, I could buy uh, you know a, a, an extra amount of of uh, Microsoft credit or Microsoft uh, rewards or the money for, to buy the games because they're running that as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very great. It's awesome. Uh, and like I said, the only thing is, is I don't think that a lot of people know about it. So it's great that we're talking about it and making people aware about it. Uh, but if you're if you've never heard of it, just do a little research and you'll see. <clears throat> 
you could actually, you know, buy games and play games, and you get paid. You'll 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 get kickbacks, and uh, it's a it's a smart uh, business model, and it's uh, pretty generous. It's always been generous throughout this whole generation. I would say I've gotten, you know, probably about fifteen. I mean, I I've bought in a lot of games, so I've created a lot of uh, you know rewards that way. But I would say I've gotten fifteen to twenty games easily, you know, um, just by utilizing the credits. Mm -hmm, definitely and even now like with the update it has i just kind of noticed like there'll be like a little notification pop up it'll sound like an achievement or whatever and just you're getting notified too about you know oh you completed such and such a quest and to me in a way they're like little achievements too just for doing that and it's just kind of nice mm -hmm. and you're getting rewarded for everything not you know just like oh you know it feels like you're almost being uh productive while you're playing right because you're you're working towards buying more games <laughs> and i would like to hear a story uh on someone who's accumulated the most points just by playing so i think it'd be interesting well if you want to know a way to kind of optimize the whole situation um because i saw it in the chat um somebody talked about if they'd give you those points for buying a series x um as far as i know microsoft rewards actually is for the microsoft store um, so anything you buy on the Microsoft store, as long as you're signed into your account actually gets you points. So right. if, theoretically, if you were to buy a series X on the Microsoft store, you would get literally the $600 and, uh, whatever $600 in points would be, but you would literally right. get points for that purchase. Um, and to kind you know, downers talking about getting, you know, the most points or the most kickback, um, I'll say it. I'm a bargain hunter. I love searching for a good deal. I actually mm -hmm. use Rakuten or Ebates on my phone and it's signed into my Microsoft account. And not only am I getting points for my purchases off the Microsoft store, but I'm also getting anywhere from 3.5 to 4% cash back from using Ebates. Nice. So I've actually accumulated this month alone 66,000. 630 Damn. points. Whoa. Wow. What'd you buy? You you like like, yeah, man. You're like freaking power well, he, shopping. Well, you've been power no. shopping, huh? You've so, been getting the games a lot? Lifetime, I have 746,291 lifetime points. Wow. <laughs> Holy I gotta man. check mine. That's a lot. That downer has officially uh, made me look like I'm standing still on game purchases. That's crazy. <laughs> well, it just it goes to show You've, you how much that, digital. Darren has always bought a lot of games since yeah. I've known him. You've how many games do you have? You'll, you, I mean, I'm at like yeah, I have over pass. eleven. Yeah, over eleven hundred. Easy. Wow, yeah. I'm at like I'm over not eight eight hundred and fifty, oh. but that's, wow, that's, that's wow, impressive. Yeah, man, you buy a lot of digital. I mean, I'm kind of conservative when it comes to that stuff. Even, yeah. I mean, I do like digital, but like, wow, that's a lot of games. It is a lot. I'm actually ashamed of myself, but yeah, you always say that. Like, oh, I bought all these games. I feel like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> so you, if you, and we've actually, had this conversation in the past. Let's ask the and hard it, questions. With 1,100 games, is game is Sea of Thieves one of them, or did you game pass that? I game passed it. I have not, I've yet to purchase. <laughs> I have yet to purchase. <laughs> <CFPs>. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, go figure, right? Uh, Even when I was on sale for like five bucks, I didn't, I didn't buy it. <laughs> Does anybody in the chat uh, take advantage of the Xbox uh, rewards program? Or um, have you guys been accumulating your points? Actually, Shock, I'd like to know, do you take advantage of the program at all? Uh, no. Wow, Shock. <laughs> well, well, I didn't know. I don't know. I've never really accumulated that many points, even though I own a lot of digital. So Don't be don't like know. my brother. He was I buy digital, digital, but I don't get any over points. Over and so over again, and he didn't even know about the rewards program. You have to mm -hmm. sign up for it. That's the I'm problem. in it. I got points, but like I don't got anything. How like many? Jeremy. How many points do you have? Let me. I gotta check. Hold on. I can okay. tell you how how what, how much it'll uh, accrue to. Yeah, it's Yeah, from whenever I get the points, I usually just convert it right to uh, to digital cards to on the Microsoft Store. Yeah, I only got like thirty-seven fifty-one right now, but that's because points burn a hole in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had like thirty-two thousand uh, like two months ago, and then I just went all in on like a bunch of the sales, like DLC mm -hmm. sales. So now I'm only at like two, three thousand, something like that. But now with the quests, I feel like I can just kind of be lazy in a lot of ways and just kind of. Uh, piggy bank a whole bunch of those just because it's just so easy to accumulate them right yeah i have like 1800 now is or is nintendo now i don't know because i don't you know I, pretty much xbox is my main but does sony have something similar to this or yeah this so sony sony and nintendo both have something and it's <laughs> not as robust as xbox's i could say nintendo's offers about half of what uh, Xbox offers. So let's say you buy a game for, uh, you know, let's say you buy a game for ten bucks, and and Xbox usually gets you about eight hundred to a thousand points on that. Right. Uh, Nintendo will give you like four to five hundred. Oh, know, okay. Same so same thing. Lower for, lower uh, domination. Yeah. yeah. I guess I've so earned eighteen thousand lifetime. Are you talking yeah, about like the Sony Rewards Downer? Yeah. Dang, man, that that's a grind right there. I, I, yeah, I, then, I have hundreds and hundreds of movies, and I've used Sony Rewards, and I have yeah. still yet to ever get a reward out of that because I mean, like, that's a harder grind than Destiny, right <clears> there. <throat> <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think Nintendo is actually a little bit more liberal than uh, than than PlayStation, but. Oh, Nintendo. Don't get me started on Nintendo and their bloody services and online. <laughs> now, I, but now that we're since we're talking about this, it just came to mind. Um, you know who Stubbs is, right, Invader? Uh, of course I do. <clears throat> okay, so Stubbs actually got caught for uh, points mining. Uh, he's a great guy, but what it was is him and his wife were both using the account, and she was transferring the points off of her account to his account. Microsoft does like just so people know if you get any ideas right now. Microsoft does catch on to people who are point mining, where they're running multiple accounts to get as many points as they can every single day, and then when they're like putting them in other people's accounts, they kind of pick up on that. Hmm. I, I never heard of anybody putting points into somebody. I don't even know how. Yeah, to you're do allowed. That. You're allowed to gift points to people. You are. Really? Interesting. Uh, yeah, you're allowed to gift points, but what it is huh. is if you're habitually being gifted points, Microsoft will actually look into it to just make sure you're not like you've got like all these accounts because 
uh, every time you wow. bang, you get so many points, but you're only allowed to bang. I think you're only allowed to get like 500 points in a day. Um, right, without, a cap. Yeah, as free without making purchases or anything like that. You're allowed to get right. 500 points a day as a cap for free. Um, so if you're like running multiple accounts to try to turn that into like 1500 to 2000 points a day and Microsoft actually does catch on to that. Now, when they catch on to that, what do they do? Do they ban They your actually, account? yeah, they will actually uh, lock the account. They'll lock the, the they'll lock whole... the account and make it to where you have to get into contact with them. Wow. And uh, they they like gave him a warning and they let him off. But yeah, he he definitely. Uh, we didn't think that Microsoft would ever crack down on something like that, but I guess they do. Right, they, they you know. know yeah, good luck getting a hold of them too, because I don't know if you guys have ever tried to contact Microsoft. They used to be better about this actually, but now it's all automated. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck trying to get a hold of somebody at Xbox or Microsoft. Oh, I, I can get to them too. I was gonna say, actually, you just sign in to your uh your Microsoft account, and you go to contact us, and <clears> there's <throat> actually a little link there that you click on. And it will actually send your phone number to them and it will ask you, do you want to get in touch with them through text or through phone? And I remember it happened in the middle of the night. I needed to talk to customer service after their actual phone hours. So I wasn't able to call them. I had to do it through texting. Yeah, I actually had a digital purchase go missing for a mm. game. And the got through this was all done through texting. I actually did a video on this shameless plug. Um, and, uh, me and this guy texted probably for a good hour and a half, but he really actually did sincerely care and actually helped me uh, prove that I did make this purchase and helped me get my game back. Had to had to do the same thing with Resident Evil 2 Deluxe. Oh, you did? Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I've actually had some success out of the Xbox uh, customer service uh, compared to uh, PlayStation uh, when my PlayStation got hacked and I actually had to call PlayStation, I spent 45 minutes with somebody. And if I was not able to prove that the account was the only way they would let me prove yeah. that the account was mine is that I had a receipt in my email. Uh, if I didn't have that receipt, basically my whole PlayStation account would have been gone. And you know what? I had the same issue too. I purchased a lot of digital content, both on the 360 and the Xbox One. And I swear I've purchased when I go to the Xbox store now, I swear I purchased that game, a 360 game or an Xbox game, and all of a sudden I have to buy it again. So yeah, <laughs> the only game I've, I've ever heard that happened to myself. Like I yeah. felt like, yeah, I knew I bought this. And then actually, I have to buy it again. It might be what you're thinking is a games with gold. Um, no, you probably no, no. no. You actually knew you purchased fact, it. Yeah, I know for a fact I purchased something. And oh, because when I was chatting with the guy, what's really funny is they actually keep extensive records on what games you purchase, actually physically purchase. But when it comes to games with gold. They're at, they're able to track the Xbox One games a lot easier than they're able to uh the Xbox 360 and the original Xbox Ones. I don't know why. That was actually mm -hmm. one of the games that went missing. And he even did uh, kind of you know confess to me that it's actually really hard for them to keep track yeah. of Xbox 360 purchases made on an Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, it's because of the infrastructure that was built. Like sometimes, if you notice, like if you try to buy a game on uh, 
on on the Xbox storefront on Xbox itself, and it's a 360 game. It kind of loads you into a different screen um, to to buy. It's it's kind of weird. You'll notice it when you buy a 360, um, and sometimes the listing. But that's because the, the the databases are are separate from what I from what I remember hearing or gathered. They're they're different. They're not uh, unified. Whereas on Xbox One. It's pretty much, you know, you could find whatever you bought. But when, like, if you if you buy, like I said, if you buy a game for 360 um, on the storefront, it'll take you to a different, um, like, it, like it'll take you to a different purchase yeah, point than it does uh, the Xbox. Any yeah, money, but it's any not money you have in your digital wallet. You can't even use for Xbox 360 purchases. Yeah, you actually you guys, have to have you, a card. You guys are thinking about this too hard. There's a receipt number, and every item that you buy is tagged to an actual number. It has basically a serial number. So You're the one that said that you lost your game, so what are you I, talking about? But I'm, That's what I'm saying. I, I can't keep track of all the games that I purchased. Well, you could go to your Microsoft accounts. Yeah, and I could scroll down to see if I actually purchased You could scroll all your purchases. But I've had that happen, too, where... Like I'm like I thought I bought this game, but then I'm like, maybe I didn't. But uh, yeah. I've had that, that that situation arise. Anyway, we talked about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like we're off the rails, just talking about customer <laughs> service <laughs> now. I think, right. Shock I think Shockley fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, collecting Microsoft points right now as we're talking. He's like, I need to step my well, game. Up. The, well, he's like, I just the, created the, three new accounts. Now I go like nineteen thousand <laughs> lifetime. It's it's pretty cool though that what they do and it, it is yeah. there is no there's no awareness of this. So it's pretty cool that we talked about it. We went through it, and uh, so it could be something that you point somebody to if you ever need to uh, talk about rewards or figure through anything. Just give them this podcast <laughs> and the timestamp. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because there's a lot of times a lot of people don't know about this stuff, and some people you know don't even know that they can get it. And mm -hmm. wh whereas, where can they find it and that type of stuff? Yeah. Hey. No, absolutely. And on that note, we will move to uh, another topic. But I just like to give a shout out to the chat. Valerian, he's been very active. Uh, hey, Valerian, thank you for joining us. JMO Money, thank you for tuning in, my friend. I know you uh, just heard about us and I uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Victor, uh, another guy who watches the show pretty often. Hey, Victor, hope you're doing well. Mr. Boomstick was in the chat as well. Thank boom, you for boom. coming in. Yeah, yeah, boom, boom, uh, Hassan. Thank you very much for joining in. Uh, who else do we got here? I know the graphic god was here. J Dubs, thanks for joining in, my friend. Had an awesome time on the Retro Renegades the other night. Of course, great crew there. Michael Monkey Punch and a whole bunch of cool guys. And uh, to everyone listening, thank you for joining us, uh, fellas. Our next topic, and it seems like THQ Nordic have been opening up their wallets more than Microsoft when it comes to buying game studios. And a few days ago, it was announced that THQ snapped up developer Saber Interactive for 150 million bucks. Yeah. Now, Saber is kind of a jack-of-all-trades studio. They worked on the Nintendo Switch ports for Vampire, Call of uh, Cthulhu, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. They also worked on Halo the Master Chief Collection and recently mm -hmm. released their own game, World War Z, which, you know, we, uh, the panel played together. And, you know, we the game. 
we really enjoyed it actually now panel well, members yeah exactly uh guys do you think that saber interactive is a good purchase for thq yeah and, but mm -hmm. so you you say thq THQ, sorry about that. Oh, THQ like Nordic. It was, right. It's so, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but the old THQ was in financial trouble back in, I think it was like 2012 or something like that. But it filed for Chapter 11, it died. And then uh, uh, I think uh, Nordic Games actually purchased the, uh, the rights to the name THQ. And then they rebranded, and then they came back to uh, be THQ Nordic. So that's how the name came about. But um, the Vienna, which is, I think it's an uh, Austrian company um, publisher, acquired the rights to THQ's assets uh, back in 2013. So it was a year after the fact. You know, needless to say, what a fucking mess. I don't even want to explain it. it's too much, but it'll take me all day. But um uh which is you know, it's it's a good pickup by them, you know. So they make uh some good ports and now I they have a a hit on their hand. I think it said uh that the um that the game sold what three million copies or something like that. It did very well. Plus, it was in Game Pass too, so it had lots of uh, eyes on it. It, yeah. it also did very well in Game Pass. A lot, of, a lot of usage. Right. So it makes ton. It makes tons of ports. Uh, this particular, uh, uh, this particular studio. But again, there's this mis misconception that uh, you know it's the old THQ, but the old the old THQ is not around anymore. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, is this a studio that should have been on Microsoft's radar? Because again, Microsoft's been acquiring, you know, they've been on a, a buying spree for studios. Uh, should they have had THQ, I mean, sorry, not THQ, uh, Saber Interactive on their radar? Perhaps because they, <laughs> like we were talking about World War Z and how fun it is. And, you know, that is one thing Microsoft uh, has done throughout the generation and the generation before is having great multiplayer experiences to kind of help the xbox live service shine and i you know yeah i would have to agree with you on that one that they should have at least been on their radar you know for 100 well you said it was like 150 million dollars in the article mm, yeah. you know that that's <laughs> 150 million dollars they're probably spending that on just you know, keeping the lights on at Microsoft. So definitely, uh, <laughs> you know, the, I, the, like they should have like easily just swooped in on that and been like, yeah, we'll, uh, no, we'll buy you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that, I'm sure that they had them on the, uh, I'm sure they have talks with them or they, 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 you know, looked into them, but I'm sure that there's possibly other deals that, 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 yeah. that for their type of studio that, like uh, Jeremy talks about, it's kind of a flex studio. They can do ports. Um, yeah. They really don't do anything. You know, they did World War Z, which is uh, which was very successful. But they, you know, they've always put a, a you know a studio help a, a help studio worked on games with other studios, certain port portions of the games. Um, so I think it, it definitely fits THQ Nordic uh, better yeah. than it would fix xbox unless maybe xbox would have a specific game that they would want them to make um and as far as the money um 
I mean, it's a little bit high. I mean, even though you you know, I I know what you're saying, uh, Centurion, but you know, if you look at uh, Insomniac, and they were bought at two hundred and twenty nine million. No, no, that's a good point. Actually, yeah, no, when you say it like that, you yeah. know, like yeah. I, I Bioware. Yeah, and Bioware EA paid what eight hundred million for them. Yeah, Something and then like and then like we talked at the beginning of the game at uh, just the 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 podcast eight billion for freaking CD, <laughs> for, oh, CD yeah. Project CD Red. Project Red, and they didn't even come out with Cyberpunk yet. So like, <laughs> uh, you know, so um, it, it was an interesting buy, um, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, Xbox uh, has something similar if they do buy a studio like that. Uh, I think that, you know, Splash Damage, something that they, uh, you know, that type of studio could be something that they, they would look to because they've worked with them and they kind of have a relationship, that type of stuff. And that um, World War Z game has some nice tech behind it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's ever been done before with the whole zombie apocalypse i mean yeah you see thousands and thousands of zombies just come after you and i'm not sure on that kind of scale it's ever been done before uh so i think you know they see i think thq nordic seen that and say hey these guys are talented along with excellent controls i mean the, the gameplay in world war z is excellent. I think we can all agree that the, the the mechanics are there, the gameplay is there, everything's there in terms of like the level design was excellent on each map. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a great gun balance, and it was just overall a great experience. It was tough. Yeah, we were we were on one skull, and we were like struggling. Yeah. <laughs> You could definitely say there are some really good magicians over there at Saber, you know, with, like you were saying, the tech behind um, World War Z and having all those zombie AIs on the screen and you were actually getting stable frame rates and the game wasn't doing anything insane as a result of it. And then the other big magician trick was getting the Witcher 3 on the Switch. Ah, that's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. They ported that too. Yeah, I mean, that must have been a real bitch, but I mean, for some reason. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Hey, am I lying? I, am heard I, lying? The, I heard it was all done with stick figures and very, very matte, you know, very, very unglorious backgrounds. <laughs> Not playing. Hey, they, they worked some magic there to get that game running on the Switch. Oh, man. Like, it, it just, it really does impress me what uh, some developers are able to put on the Switch. Um, I've, I've never heard a Canadian say bitch before. You guys say it with intensity, man. It's just like, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you see, now I won't be able to say it because you called me out on it. I I, oh, I don't know what to God. say. That's fucking funny. You got to do it again sometime. Now, bitch. Any, now our neighbors from the north anytime someone hears that downer they say the word they're going to be thinking about it like do we really enunciate it that hard he took me back by that too i was like i was like gosh invader okay I, I, on with I the swore, show i swore where i know i'm sorry guys i gotta calm down here for a sec but <laughs> <laughs> but you know no uh saber has impressed impressed me with uh a lot of the recent stuff that they've done, like again, the uh, their recent ports, they've been very serviceable. And uh, yeah, World War Z, we we had uh, a good time with it. I know you guys have been playing it a lot more too. I gotta get back on it, but there's just so much to play. But yeah, that game surprised me about how well it flowed and just 
how fun it was the you know the co-op in it in general is generally uh, a good time even how even if it could be frustrating at times but uh, yeah saber seems like an interesting get for them uh, i thought microsoft would have had them at one point on under the radar maybe they did like tim said but hey you know what there's all kinds of talented developers out there to nab and hey I am really looking forward to seeing what they have in the works now because uh, now they have the freedom to do well, not not like they don't have carte blanche, but I'm really curious to see what they have coming in the near future. Uh, Shock, I can't remember. Have you ever played World War Z? Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, it's because you don't play with us, Shock. It's because <laughs> you don't fucking games. play with us. Like, you never play with us. <laughs> well, I don't have World War Z, so I mean. I well, you don't. That means you don't have Game Pass, Shock. Oh, okay. come on! Well, you know what, Shock? Just get your shit together, Shock. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> There's like a uh, ton of other games to play. You know what? Yeah. We gotta have a game night that's like a, a Wednesday or a Thursday, just so Shock's able to do it. Because, uh, man, we gotta get a game night with you, buddy. <laughs> you know, I tease him and everybody. It's because I like him. That's why. I like Shock. Oh, no, you're just poking the bear, man. One of these days, <laughs> he's going to unleash on you. <laughs> he's going to come over. I mean, she's, he's going to be on my doorstep and be like, hey, Shock. All right. Definitely. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Saber. Now, moving along to a very interesting report. And according to a recent article, EA has canceled yet another Star Wars game. And this time, it's a very intriguing project that was being developed over at EA Vancouver. Now, sources told Kotaku's Jason Schreier that the Star Wars game, it was called Project Viking, was designed as more of a spin-off to the Battlefront series with open-world elements to it. EA Vancouver was designing the game with Criterion Games brought on aboard to help. However, problems occurred as... EA Vancouver and Criterion had different visions for the game. And one source involved said that there was just too many cooks. It was one of those situations there was like too many cooks in the kitchen going on. Now, once it became clear Viking, this Project Viking wouldn't be completed on time, EA had no interest in extending development and canceled the game. So, guys, it seems like EA just really doesn't know how to manage its studios or the Star Wars property at all and yeah yeah right i think hey is it me is it me invader does ea cancel more games than any other large gaming company on the face of the earth uh well it, it's, it, it, it's, it's worse than that yeah, down there, no and it's not like ea can just hand over the license to somebody i think they're under contract until like 2023 i think three more years and they purchased the uh the rights to Star Wars back in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a, mm-hmm. it was a 10 year deal, uh, and then they, you know, they produced only three game, three major Star Wars titles since then. And it looks like maybe five or six titles were in the works. That this includes mm-hmm. the titles that were already being made. Yeah. So we're talking about only three titles out of the 10 years, which isn't right. too, well, which isn't too bad in, ter- in terms of two. Yeah, they definitely yeah. canceled two now. So it's, they've made three and canceled two. They've yeah. actually so you, no, they've canceled three. Well, here's the thing, guys. This is a game. Five War thirteen, thirteen. Is that? Oh what it was yeah, right. yeah. Well, that right. was because of um, that was because uh, 
Wasn't that more of a LucasArts thing? Yeah, that was a Walt Disney thing or something, something with yeah. the rights to the to that. But of what EA, I remember they 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 canceled this, and remember they like a year ago. I the one at Visceral. About, yeah, the one at Visceral, right? Well, well, that's the thing, guys, because this game originally started back in 2015 under Visceral Games under Amy Hennig. And a few years later, Visceral, like you guys were just alluding to, was shut down with the project going over to EA Vancouver, changing into a completely different game entirely. And then that project was canceled for this one. So, like, it's just crazy, crazy stuff uh, going on because EA really wanted to have out a game under a specific time frame. And, guys, like, this is just crazy because, like... So, EA... Got but Invader, it. like I said, they can't just hand over the, you know, they have to wait those three years out. And then someone mm-hmm. else can bid in for the contract to Star Wars. Well, for Walt uh, Disney, then, EA. Uh, um, and then and just imagine dealing with Disney, too. Uh, that must be a, uh, I think that's why uh, the CEO at, it was either EA or somewhere else in within the EA uh, family. They hated developing for the Star Wars brand. You know, I don't, I don't know if you read some online postings, but he hated that. And people got in wind of that. And it, I don't know. I don't think they're going to th- carry the contract after those three years. So I'm, I'm not sure. I Who think knows? EA is just too wrapped up in microtransactions. <laughs> they, they they got what was coming to them with Battlefront when That's they did the microtransaction thing. And I'm telling you right now, if EA tried to come out and say, hey, we got another Star Wars Battlefront, and if there was one microtransaction in that game, mm-hmm. it would instantly be like, I mean, like blackmarked. I, yeah, yeah, you know that, I, that, I mean, like EA is just, on, that's that's not their fault though. That's the, their investors telling them, hey, you need to hit, you know, gross. And if you don't hit it, then you know stocks are going to be down. You know, just that's it's a trickle down. Yeah, effect. but that's what single right. player game experiences. Sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt. I'm just saying single player no, game experiences no. aren't exactly EA's wheelhouse anymore. It's all about multiplayer experience, microtransactions, because they want to basically duplicate the formula for FIFA. They want the what's going on with fifa to be with every one of their titles it just generates asinine amounts of revenue and there's like little input on the game well you can say the same thing about xbox trying to create that diamond in the rough kind of experience you know fifa is one of a million minecraft is one of one in a million you and fortnite is one in a million you can't create those kind of experience people are keep trying to hit that bullseye to where the, you know they're investing all this money in these in these specific genres and to me it's just they're flooding the market with too many of these you know whether it's battle royale well, that, that, or, that's what happened though yeah exactly what you said if you remember battlefront 2 was there was a ton of kickback because of this and yeah i believe that this was canceled due to the kickback to that because of you know the cash grab multiplayer scheme that they they were trying to run. Yeah, they have so many IP that they just aren't even like Dead Space. That's all you have to do. Just make a next gen Dead Space. It would sell gangbusters. Oh my god, dude! Can if they imagine? were to remaster the Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect effect trilogy, and come out and be like, here it is, 4K, it sell millions of copies. Yeah, dude, it would. 
It wow. would, but it's better load times. But sadly, like I said, EA wants to have these games that have little, um, little basically looking at it from EA's perspective, they want to have this little output major input. They want to put out as little money as possible to create a game, and then they want everybody to buy up the microtransactions and just totally flood them with money with barely providing anything as a game. Look at FIFA, most yeah. of the sports franchises, right. Apex Legends. Everybody was talking about Apex Legends, but again, it is a battle royale game that is flooded with microtransactions, and it's up EA's wheelhouse in the fact that they had to provide very little to get this game out there and they're wanting as much money as they can get out of it um i feel they like hit, their hands they were gold, tied. they hit gold though with apex a apex makes <clears throat> them a lot of money oh yeah definitely yeah. i just feel like you know i'm pretty sure they're frustrated with disney because disney put them in a position saying if you guys do not create a single player experience that is not late <clears throat> that is not weighed down by microtransactions we're going to start exploring the idea of taking the contract from you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but EA doesn't want that to happen because you slap a Star Wars logo on anything, you're instantly going to have fanfare. And yeah. Well, that's again, where, yeah. Again, they can't take the contract away from uh, out of those three years. They can't take it away unless unless they breach agreement. Whatever mm -hmm. that is, I have no, I've never seen the the contract. But what what you're saying though, I agree with what you're saying. But what happened with Battlefront is is the is the is people got you know they got keen to what they were doing, and um, you know this is the type of only game that they were making, right? And, and people wanted the single player, like they wanted the you know Jedi, uh, the the game that Fallen Order, Fallen Order, yeah, yeah. They wanted those type of games where this type of game, people became, you know, aware of what it was. It's like basically a glorified cell phone model of uh, microtransaction <laughs> fest. Yeah. Although they did so, take them out at launch and the single player was decent. Oh, that's because everyone raised shit. I'll, I'll be truthful. Star Wars Battlefront is, in my opinion, the only game I could think of off the top of my head where they had to go in and completely restructure the uh, the microtransaction aspect of the game. Um, yeah. And this actually caused other companies like uh, WB with uh, uh, Shadow of War mm -hmm. to pull microtransactions completely from their games. What happened was Star Wars Battlefront 2 kind of created a shockwave in the gaming industry and showed developers what happens when you let microtransactions go nuts. Well, that, that being said too, don't let, don't let studios like CD project red fool you into saying, you, you know how they're all against microtransactions, but if you see the Witcher card game, you have to pay money to get some of these nice cards. And they make a lot of money off these cards, which is part of the reason why CD Projekt Red is so pro uh, so profitable. But to answer your question, Invader, you know who can take over the the franchise, the Star Wars franchise, and brand? You know, you heard whispers back at Bethesda with Todd Howard how he wanted to create his own, uh, you know, the Star a Star Wars game essentially. But then he created his own universe in Starfield. So I don't think that's a possibility. Maybe down the line, yeah. But uh, who can handle a, a Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars franchise? Obsidian. Obsidian, right. Obsidian, very. Obsidian's done it before. Uh, who else? 
I think uh, so, uh, any of so- uh, Sony Studios, one of their studios definitely can do it. One of yeah. their good studios. You know, yeah. even the funny part is Insomniac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it heck yeah. Like- 100%. Insomniac. There you go. Yeah. I tell you who I wouldn't want on it Activision, Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. But you, also, you also look what happened with the Anthem with EA. I mean, EA just became too greedy and, and they had this business model that people became aware of what they were doing and yeah. now they're kind of they're paying the, the price for it and it's unfortunate because we're losing games left and right. But then you then uh, Tim, you see developers like Respawn, like we're just talking about working on Jedi's Fallen Order, single player game. And that sold something like what eight million copies, it's just something like that. Yeah, it did it, well. We, we yeah, all it exceeded it their expectations. Well. It exceeded yes. their expectations, and it probably made EA realize that they screwed up. Right. You can't uh, a, a, an IP like Star Wars. You can't cheap it out. You have to make it a triple A single player first. If you want to add multiplayer on top of that, and you can have a little bit of a microtransaction. Uh, Ponzi scheme that you want to have on top of that, that's fine. But the first and foremost, gamers want a big AAA single player experience for that type of uh, IP. And and uh, and if they don't get that, they were going to fail it. So they were smart to to cancel this um, Battlefront, uh, you know, spinoff because it probably was just like we were talking about. It was one of those games where. You know, it was just Microsoft laden, uh, my, my, micro uh, transaction laden, and you know, it was just what gamers don't want at this particular time. Yeah. Time will tell because we're going to see Ma- um, Anthem get completely redone. Uh, I'm kind of curious what the finished product is going to be if that turns out to be true. And we also got BioWare working on Dragon Age 4. And that right there is definitely going to set a tone if that game gets put out and it doesn't have microtransactions. We could see EA realizing that there's a place for microtransactions and there's a place for a single player experience. And you wouldn't shouldn't really try to uh, cross those two ideals. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. That's right. And I think as of right now, aside, I mean, the canceled project, but I think EA has two other games, uh, Star Wars related, in development at the moment. One is a sequel to Fallen Order, if I'm not mistaken, and there's another smaller, much smaller title at EA Motive in uh, Montreal. So time will tell, like what we'll see down the line from them. It's just, I just, I really don't trust EA with the IP anymore. Like I just, I hope Disney finds a better candidate for them. I mean, I, Respawn have done an awesome job, like we've been saying. I yeah. trust them, but I don't know any other stewards. I just think that EA, there's just, they, they bungle up so much. They, they just get in, you know, they try and get other studios involved and like, there's too much that gets mixed up, but like, again, too many cooks in a kitchen well, kind of a scenario. Well, kind of like you said, yeah, it's, it's too held back by the corporate, the corporate entity in, well, you know, it's just, it's not one of these. Uh, you know, freer uh, independent studios that can, you know, they have passionate people working on people are maybe disgruntled in, in the, I'm not sure. I, I, I say when it comes to universally, universally recognized brands, Marvel, Star Wars, 
um, just transformers, brands that are known worldwide shouldn't get locked down to an exclusive anything when it comes to stuff like that. Um, because all it actually does is it hurts the brand and the universe. Star Wars, the Star Wars universe could be so much more diversified if other yeah. game developers were allowed to create titles that they could show Disney and say, hey, we'd like to create this game. And if Disney liked it, they could go out and do it. But because EA has this contract, these developers aren't even trying. In terms of, okay, but I agree with you to a certain extent because. If you look at the bigger the bigger studios, the, the bigger developers, what they're able to produce from a polished standpoint. I'm not I'm not talking in terms of you know gameplay or uh, bugless bugless games. I'm I'm talking about pure visual qualities. These games are in high high production Star Wars games. Even Battlefront looks amazing on an Xbox One X or a PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's what, I, you know, when you give them to a smaller, more independent studio or a studio that maybe doesn't have the resources to do something like that, uh, you know, it, it, it has the same effect as opposed to giving it to EA, which is a large corporate entity uh, and having them to fuck it up. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the same thing. So there's a fine line between, uh, you know, creating great content in a great game that uh you know is worthy of of the you know of the, of the content mm-hmm. absolutely jeremy and that's true i mean there were there was a certain like the battlefront 2 is beautiful game the art direction was fantastic yeah. um it's just a shame that it was just heavily heavily brutalized by microtransactions and that yeah it, mm-hmm. it totally killed the game what really killed them on those microtransactions is they were really starting to cross that line, that threshold of pay to win. That's what really kind of set that whole fire off when people that were shelling out hundreds of dollars and legendary all their star cards in a night and all the people that wanted to grind for Mm -hmm. that, it it just completely turned it into a pay to win scenario and def pay to win is one of those things that every developer should stay away from purely because it's just going to make you excuse how i'm going to say it it's just going to make you look like an a-hole in the end when you're trying to create pay to win situations no, although I, I, doesn't does it get any smoke huh yeah yeah they do yeah. with the, their factions which now they're splitting up the multiplayer so they're making you probably yeah. pay double just to get the other half of the game, and they're probably going to be microtransactions in that. What game are we talking about? Uh, Last of Us. Ah, okay. I think The Last of Us, and they do it in the Uncharted. See, I just, I'm not a big fan of pay to win. I, I don't care if somebody wants to go out and spend a million dollars and have an awesome looking scarf and a great pair of boots. But when somebody is totally just rocking my world because they were able to spend $300 in microtransactions. You know, I'm that might be a personal problem for me, but at the I end of the day, it just it, it kind of sets a precedence that we shouldn't get into. Okay, so can anyone explain to me what the difference between microtransactions in mobile as opposed to the console space? Because it, to me, it's the same thing. People go in uproar about console space, but then it's okay to play to win on phone. 
Can yeah, anybody explain that to me? That's Fire Emblem on mobile. That is a very huge thing because I, I know what you're talking about. My wife mm-hmm. plays uh, games on her mobile phone. And yeah, she yeah. she pays for advantages to advance right? in the game. And, and it's I, the same thing because you play against other people or you have the high score and get to a different level with, you know, on the social media space to where, you know, maybe you're ahead of your friends and it just, it's the same thing. Well, I think that uh, the console games are seen as more like uh, glamorous and uh, whereas like phone games are just seen as like these little things that you just, you know, you do the matching games and everything. And I must say, yeah, I don't know how pay to win really got a foothold in cell phone gaming or the the tablet market just games like that um but these companies that think they can pull it out the the companies (laughs) that (laughs) the the fact that these companies think that they can take this ideal out of the cell phone market and put it in the mainstream market of consoles and pc gaming it's it's just asinine to me because gaming is already an expensive hobby and you don't want to turn it into this idea of what i've called digital elitism you don't want to basically be made to feel that you suck just because you couldn't afford to play right and then the only thing i I can think of is that console spaces and pc space is a little bit more competitive in terms of professional gaming. Oh, dude, you don't got an eSport where all these dudes are sitting on their cell phones freaking playing these giant right. freaking games like, right. that are televised. So maybe that's the difference. Well, console gaming seen as more of a premium experience and where you shouldn't... I mean, sure, you have DLC, but it's like you shouldn't be nickeled and dimed for everything, whereas okay. the... Okay, the m- 400, a $400 system as opposed to like a fucking... $1,400 phone premium experience my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that new iPhone. I think I saw that new iPhone is going to be what? 1200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And that S the S 20 Tim, that ultra baby. $1,400. Yeah. Those look I'm, nice. I'm thinking about getting it, but yeah, I think uh, because the reason why the answer is, is because, uh, casuals, basically somebody on their phone, it's, it's, quick in touch and they're you know they have no idea what the hell's going on who they're playing they just say hey i, yeah. I can spend a lot of money and can win whereas on consoles tim you're coming a little low speak up in the mic a little bit more i'm sorry um i might have to change the mic but uh <clears throat> with the casuals they don't really know they have no idea yeah. with a console game or a pc game where they have knowledge and they know what the hell's going on right and they know if somebody's free to play and they're, and they're beating the system. That's, That's a good point. It's, it's That's just a good knowledge. Point. A, 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 a guy on the phone spending $300. Um, and believe me, they have that. They have a lot of people doing that. They just, they're just throwing money in the wind. They, have, they don't have no care. They just want to – they know they're, they're paying to win and they think it's okay. There's no competitive nature of that in, in, in that, yeah. in that, in that, you know, space. Right, that's a good point. It only good really point. works in the free to play model. If yeah. somebody was on their cell phone and paid to play that game, I think they'd have a difference of opinion on those microtransactions than when they get the game for free and they're like, I, I didn't pay nothing to play this game. So hell yeah, I'll throw down 10 bucks and get an advantage. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it too, maybe isn't DLC kind of like the same thing as opposed to 
you know, you're coming in with a different level, different weapons, different attributes, and someone who doesn't buy it <laughs> doesn't have it. So it's like, I don't know. It's the same thing to me. It's kind of funny. Eh. Well, that can be debated at another time. Yeah. But uh, all right, fellas, I think we'll move on to our final topic of the evening. <clears throat> And, you know, it's always interesting to see where acclaimed game writers end up. Drew Karpishan, the leader, the lead writer for renowned RPGs such as Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, and Mass Effect 1 and 2, is joining Architect Archetype Entertainment. And Archetype is a game studio recently formed by Wizards of the Coast. In his personal blog, where he made his announcement, Karpishan compared his new position... Mm -hmm to his early career days, stating that the feel in the studio reminds me of my early days at Bioware. I can feel the magic in the air. He then went on to say that Bioware grew into something that was very, very corporate. And this is what he <laughs> states. When I started at Bioware, everything was fresh and exciting. It was my dream job. Talented yeah. people working together to create epic games like Baldur's Gate, KOTOR, Mass Effect, and Dragon Age. But as we grew and became more successful, things changed. We became more corporate. We were less able to make what we loved, and the teams were pushed to create games based on market research rather than our creative instincts and passions. My dream job just became a job, and I lost the enthusiasm and excitement I once mm -hmm. had. So, gang, obviously there's a lot to take in there, but do you agree with Carpitian's comments on Bioware becoming too corporate? Because it seems to be something that fans have suspected for some time now. You know, ever since uh, EA acquired them back in 2007, uh, there really hasn't been a Bioware. <laughs> you know, so you can make that argument, but uh, again, I'm going to refer back to EA has to do with its shareholders, tell them. And unfortunately, Bioware gets caught in the mix. And if you have a leader who has that corporate mindset like EA does, you know, you see the product suffer from it. You see you see games like, uh, you know, Anthem, which suffered. You see, you know, some of these other titles. But then you see the total opposite now from uh, Xbox and what Phil Spencer was able to accomplish uh, and he basically lets his team create whatever they want without any restrictions. And he gives them the time necessary. And again, we don't have that final project. So I can't say whether or not that paid off or not. But, you know, you can you can see them. They, they purchase these uh, independent studios. They, they purchase different types of studios. And when you ask every single one of them, they say that Phil has allowed them to do whatever they want, to make whatever they want, and the time necessary to do it, with the, along with the budget to back it. So uh, I've worked for major corporations. I'm sure you know you guys on this panel have worked uh, for major corporations. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some perks, you know. Tim could Tim works for a major corporation. I'm not going to say which one, but. Um, you know, you can say there's good perks to that, but at the same time, working under uh, major corporations uh, isn't all, you know, peaches and cream. Maybe the working conditions are bad and maybe there's a lot of stress and serious elements that uh, are involved. But 
there is something to that while working under the corporate entity um you know i i i stopped working for uh, for a corporate entity because this distress alone got too heavy now i went to more of a uh, a family oriented um you know small business to where um you know i'm happier because of it you know and that's what he's talking about i think that's a, i think that's a very good uh you know, a, a good comparison, and I'm happy for you that because uh, I've seen it. I've known you for a long time, and um, well, you see now, I was a maniac. Yeah, I was a maniac. I'm still, and, I still am a maniac, but no, but you, you, you made the you made the right decision, and and I'm very happy for you. But it, it, it is a, it is a, it is a good comparison, and I think that with Bioware and with, with um, you know, uh, Drew, what, what he was saying, um, I think that's what everyone kind of feared Microsoft was doing to their studios along, right. uh, uh, originally. Right. And I do think, I hate to say it, looking at EA, I think that they, if you're really going to look at, a, uh, you know, the negativity and the, and the, and the um, you know, evil corporation, uh, you know, I mean, it's not the best choice of words, but they are the ones that kind of really uh, seem to push that, big corporation i don't care about people i just care about numbers i just care about results type of uh atmosphere and i think it that's where it comes down to i think that you know when you have that looming over your head um and i think it happened with with the anthem uh obviously jason uh schreier pointed it out the grinds and the stuff that they had to deal with um that yeah, it takes the fun out of it because you know, you, you know, it should be about creative-led, you know, ideas that you're trying to break barriers instead of, you know, just trying to nickel and dime the people and getting them to buy things, and just spend money and you know produce the least amount of content doing it or the least amount of manpower. It just it just becomes a vicious cycle, and. Um, I'm glad that that gamers are recognizing it, and I'm glad that gamers are as fierce and passionate as as we are, because uh, you know that type of mentality uh, is is bullshit, and we're just too smart, and we'll figure that we'll figure out what they're trying to do. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping that EA can kind of take a, you know, uh, they could try to you know take a step back and. You know, realize it's not always about you know numbers and and profits. You know that the shareholders care about. It sometimes comes down to the people, and when you're losing the talent like like Drew, um, you know it's it says a lot. And uh, a guy like that should be treasured, and a guy like that should be given what he wants and and respected. Yeah. Not not you know. And going I, out I, and leaving and, and going to some some small crew and talking about how you know bad it was at, at Bioware. Now, Tim, wouldn't you agree that even though uh, you know Xbox and their teams are under that corporate entity, uh, including Phil Spencer, you know Phil has done a great job, um, you know, letting the the teams create. Yeah. Now I'm not in I'm not in Xbox. I don't know no, what's going right. on. No, you're right. You're right. They're pushing creative led. That's that's the word that's right. being thrown out there. And um But that's yeah, what I'm Microsoft, talking about. Microsoft has morphed into that. They've they've bettered themselves uh yeah. in, in a lot of ways and um 
you know, certain things like Game Pass probably helped and, and certain types of decisions that they made and to get the CEO behind it. But, um, yeah, I think right now my uh, Phil and, and, and Booty, uh, you know, mm. they really they're pushing this creative led, you know, uh, you know, environment where, you know, they let the creators create and let's be facilitators for them if they need. Yeah. You know, technical, may- technical, technical help. We can help them here. If they need money, we can help them there. And maybe, maybe it's a little bit different because EA is strictly a game. You know, in gaming, and Microsoft does other things besides gaming. Maybe that's different. But when you when you talk apples to oranges, it's basically the same thing because, mm. um, you know, it's xbox is its own division and ea is its own gaming division right. so uh, you know i don't know but 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 what centurion said was very true they want right. the they want the fifa model they want yeah. the madden model and what they don't understand is, is that you can't apply that model to everything every type yeah. of game has its own type of culture and it's, some things are not going to work so in this case, mm-hmm. I think that that's what's going on with EA is, is that they think everything has to be Apex Legends. Everything has to be FIFA yeah. model. It has to be EA model. I mean, you, then, you, you look at Madden. I mean, the microtransactions on that are, are, are the, the, that all pro team or yeah. whatever that thing is, that all Madden, the, the thing that they run. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy money that they're making. And I just hope that Xbox doesn't go that route to where they're going to try to hit that target just like EA's trying to do, you know, throwing all the, you know, trying to be another Apex or another, you know, that's why I've seen with Bleeding Edge coming out and it's, I know it's, I don't know. We'll see. I I might just give them a pass for that just because... It, it it is something new, and you know people complain that you know they don't do a lot of yeah. different stuff. So we we obviously know that Ninja Theory has a lot cooking up right now. So that's why I don't mind them doing that. I think that's why it's good that they showed off some of those other projects that the other teams yeah. are working on. Right, we're like, oh crap, this yeah. looks really intriguing. So shock, that's a great point, shock. Absolutely, mm-hmm. everybody Absolutely. was like, no, they should have just not even. They should have just canceled those games. I'm like, yeah, they. Microsoft announcing that they canceled Ninja Theory's game that was already in pre-development without because oh. people wouldn't see what it was, so people would have just like lost their minds if they were just canceling games. So when they don't have any, well, you know, I wasn't here last week, but my my take on Bleeding Edge is that uh, it, it it has it's, it's gonna have its it's gonna have its fans. It's gonna have a I believe it's gonna have a little bit of a, a, a following, a cult following, whatever you want to say. Um, it, it, the game is pretty de- in depth. Uh, it's it's hard to play, but you know if you get used to it and you, you learn how to play as a team, I, I believe that the game could be fun. So, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think it's I think it's hard to play. I think it's hard to master. It's hard mm-hmm. to win. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. win. I mean, we me and you played what ten games. We didn't win one. I mean, I played a bunch of other with a bunch of other people. And we didn't win at that all. Game, so. That game is designed where if you are not playing collectively as a team, you are mm-hmm. pretty yeah, much running around in circles. You, you're done, yeah. Well, especially when you're talking mm-hmm. about a melee, like, you know, 
when everybody's supposed to be just like up close and personal, like close combat, it's yeah, you gotta have everybody working together, otherwise you're screwed. But you got yeah. you gotta have a medic, you gotta have a tank, you gotta mm-hmm. have a slasher, you know that that type of stuff. Uh, you know, um, you know, you have to play as a team. But you know, I mean, that game, it, it, I, it's better than I thought it was gonna be. Put it that way. I think it. It'll be a game really? where it, it gets. Uh, I think it's gonna be like a seventy-five Metacritic, and I think it's. Um, you know, uh, you know, I think it's gonna do. I think it's gonna be pretty. I think it's gonna be liked by a certain amount of people. I, I mm-hmm. do feel like um, it might actually, you know, not be dead in the water like a lot of people are thinking. I don't think it's gonna be dead in the water. I think it's it does do things differently to where it's gonna you know, like like you said, develop a following. However, they still need to adjust a few things to where, uh, you know, the gameplay uh, makes sense. I mean, I guess a little bit more. You wanted um, it faster. I agree. There's certain things that they should speed up. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to fix it come, you know, March 24th when the game comes out. They're not going to fix it before then. So uh, we'll see after the fact. Maybe it's going to be one of those Sea of Thieves issues where it's. You know, gonna improve over time. Yeah, it's gonna improve over time. But right now, it's you know, it wasn't what I was thinking. But Mm -hmm. well, hey, you know, we should get a community night going for uh, Bleeding Edge when it comes out on uh, March twenty fourth. That'd be uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Even Um, though we all get demolished. If I could just chime in though on the uh, previous subject, I was listening to your guys's. Um, I actually kind of know all too well about what it's like to go from um, a small business, just small yeah. family run business to a corporate business. Mm-hmm. Um, I just recently went through it. Downer knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, actually supposed to help a company that was in the process of a uh, corporate takeover. <clears throat> they were recently uh, bought out by a much larger company that actually is run by an investment company. And when you are ran by an investment company, investors only look at numbers and they change everything. Like, I mean, like it doesn't matter what you've done for the past 15 years and how many times you've done it. If the investors want it done a different way at that point, it's being done the different way. They don't care about your input. Uh, Just a whole bunch of stuff like that. And I could totally see where this individual was coming from on how bioware changed when ea took over and it um you know it felt very corporate to him and now he's at a much more smaller uh, studio and he feels more comfortable and i can totally relate to that um all the way and you know regretfully this is what happens when you sometimes sign up for that that big corporate money that it comes with big corporate rules that kind of change the way things are being done Yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. Like you said, you guys had a way of doing things for so many years, probably because you understood what was going on and you were, you know, had boots on the ground and you realized what made sense. But when that big company comes in and they, and they have a, a you know, a number they want to hit or whatever the case is, they want, they, they put a, a, a specific, uh, number to something, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. They have to hit that yeah. number, and it doesn't care if it makes sense or not. 
and the people that that are pushing that will yeah. just say they don't have any answers. You just have to do mm -hmm. it that way. And and, so that, and that's sucks. <clears throat> yeah, and you could be dealing with some, but like the person that they put in charge could be somebody that knows how to read numbers quite well, exactly. but have no that have no yes. knowledge about the industry that they're running. Right. They're just looking at it from a numbers perspective. Right. And ironically, I feel like that was what we got at the beginning of this generation with the Xbox One was we had uh, guys in charge that were looking at the numbers. They could see fads like Netflix and other streaming mm -hmm. services taking off. And they kind of made some decisions based on that data. They were making decisions based on the data versus making decisions um, on, a, on an industry knowledge. And that right. kind of shot him in the foot at the beginning of this gen. Oh, yeah. So I kind of mm -hmm. see Microsoft, why they're not kind of having this corporate mentality towards their developers because the corporate mentality kind of got them <clears throat> like shot in the foot at the beginning of this generation. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got to think with EA, like going back to the whole Bioware thing, it's like EA's kind of inst instituted some things throughout their studios that haven't necessarily worked out. You look at the Frostbite engine. Sure, it works for DICE, but doesn't make sense for Bioware. No, it hasn't really transitioned too well. You look at Andromeda, and you look at Anthem. I mean, they're beautiful games, but glitches and just uh, lack of content, just not knowing to do with the tech. It takes a long time to utilize, you know, some new tech if you're not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't translate very well. And some some engines are strong at, you know, some things like first person shooters and others are just not good at third person adventure games. So I think that was a mistake by EA trying to get all their studios to get onto Frostbite, for example. Not only that, but just you know, all the other instances, like the studio heads just not knowing what to do and like just mixed messaging and all kinds of other stuff that just did not add up. And it's a shame about Bioware because at one point they were like the top of the RPG, you know, in the business when it came to the Western RPGs. And now they're just kind of they're not a joke, but it's just they're they're kind of um, oh, they're just not the same. So mm -hmm. it's a shame about uh, what's going on there, but I'm happy for Drew because he's doing what he likes. Uh, and he seems very positive going into archetype entertainment. Yeah. So. I have a, I have another corporate story, but I don't know if you guys want to hear it, but it's kind of long, but go for it. All right. So when I was at WSS and you guys, Tim knows what I'm talking about. Uh, before uh, I even met Tim, it, they, so they gave someone else the reins, meaning they hired, they brought some, uh, you know, heavy CEO, COO on, on board from, you know, someone with massive, a massive amounts of corporate experience. Uh, so they, so they thought, and, you know, they, they instituted all this KPI uh, and, and data that comes in and what works. And they spent all this money, all this money uh, and, and, um, you know, bringing in different, uh, professionals, so to speak, into this business. And they really just overspent. And they ran a family business at the time, which was WSS, into the ground. Um, and they ended up paying for it with, they almost went bankrupt. But luckily, the owner seen it and caught that right away. And, you know, just took care of it and got rid of all these people and everything went back to the old way, the way old, the way it, it worked in the olden days when he created the business. 
And, um, you know, you just created something special. Now WSS is in, you know, three or four states in, in, in the U.S., uh, which include, you know, California, Nevada, um, uh, Arizona, Texas, you know, stuff like that. So, but yeah, anyway, that's my story. Nice story, man. <laughs> I, I, I like Jeremy's stories. Don't you agree, chat? I kind of like them. Well, <laughs> but uh, hey, when I'm not sitting around the fire singing Kumbaya with Phil Spencer, I am listening to one of Downer's stories. Kumbaya, kumbaya. Yeah, let's get all in on the kumbaya, guys. But uh, you know what? On that note, fellas, I think that about does it for this week's show. And honestly, another fantastic show yet again. Uh, guys, really, really good comments tonight. Uh, really loved it. And a massive thank you to all those who joined in, tuned in to us live. We appreciate all of you that tune in live. And, of course, everyone else that catches us after the fact. Don't forget that we're on a number of podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify, just to name a few. So check out those if you're often on the go. Get Definitely get your TXR fix on the go. It's, you know, a lot of people seem to be doing that now. Crew, great energy tonight, as always. Let's get to some of these outros. Shockman, Shockley, the Shockster. Good comments tonight, bud. Really sharp. Where can everybody follow you? Yep, you can uh, find me on uh, at Shock Nero on Twitter and Easy Shock on Xbox Live, but I'm never on it apparently. So, <laughs> well, hey, bud, we'll uh, no, you know we'll definitely get you to uh, jump on some games, mm-hmm. and I know the schedule doesn't sometimes work out for you, but hey, we'll work something out, of course. I've been so. trying to get through Final Fantasy VII before the the remake, but man, that game is ridiculously long. Oh yeah, you you could spend a good sixty hours and. <laughs> that's pretty mm. hardcore though you're gonna play the original and then play the remake yeah well it's on the switch so you can kind of like fast forward through a lot of you oh, okay. do it like times three speed so that helps is the no. music times three speed yeah no <laughs> all the characters sound like chipmunks <laughs> conversating with <Yeah>. each other <laughs> music Oh man, I'm just imagining that in the remake now. That'd be crazy. Uh, but all right, that's good. But uh, Jeremy, I know you want to head out of here and catch a second showing of Sonic the Hedgehog. But quickly, where can everybody follow you? That movie was great, by the way. Did you did you end up going to see that Invader, or did you see that stupid movie? Stupid, dude. No, I, I... it's not stupid. It's actually a good movie. The war, the war movie, 1917. Yeah, not... yeah, I ended up seeing 1917. Really it was good. good. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, very, very good. Yeah, I, I, I heard it was it like uh, one. Sh- it was instituted like in one shot. Almost. Like, Almost. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, you I can... don't know too much about the actual cinematography, but it was really good. The way yeah, that it, everything it was. It almost framed. felt like a video game. Like they would just follow a character and just oh, the crazy. shot just stayed there. No, I need but to you see can, that. You can see where they did split it a couple times mm-hmm. on digital con. All right. Anyway, you can find me on Xbox at Downer Space J. And that's it. <laughs> Liking that. Uh, Tim Dog. Hey, hey, bud. Really, really good stuff tonight, as per usual. Uh, glad to have you back. Where can people follow, follow you, Mr. Xbox Man? Um, my mic sound, sound horrible because my phone is about to die. 
but you can find me at xcloud tim dog on twitter you can also listen to me on tuesday nights rdx 8 p.m eastern standard time nice nice uh definitely uh check out rdx guys awesome show and uh yes yeah, centurion buddy where can everybody follow you at well thank you for everybody tuning in for those interested you can always find me on xbox live youtube and twitter at centurion 1307 i kick it here with you guys every sunday on txr i do saltiest gaming podcast with the saltiest gamer on thursdays and the shop podcast with ptk blam on saturdays <laughs> uh sorry just laughing it looked like uh, jeremy was licking shock for a sec <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, good night. <laughs> but yeah. And guys, of course, I'm Invader. You guys can follow me on my channel, Invader Gaming. And hey, I'm pretty active on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Guys, fantastic show. Thank you, everyone that tuned in. And hey, you know, keep an eye on our Twitter account because we will have a giveaway going in a few days. So definitely uh, check up on that. Have a good one, fellas. Catch you next weekend. Later. Peace.